Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include concerns for lenders, my interview with Sarah Nokel and Shane Osborne on why everyone is using technology to refocus on quality control, and how closely is the Federal Reserve watching public opinion? I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Candor Technology, home of the one-touch underwrite and supporting lenders from point of sale to post-close QC. Candor helps reduce repurchase risk, increase underwriter productivity by 400%, and decrease turn times by 10 days. Yogi Berra, when asked about staying in a particular hotel, replied, the towels were so thick there I could hardly close my suitcase. (laughs) I've attended my share of conferences in the last few months. No towels were purloined. And the two big general concerns for lenders everywhere are A, providing the best products, price, and service to clients, and B, the general economic and interest rate climate and its impact on their business model. Regarding the second topic, mergers and acquisitions are on fire. And a good starting point in evaluating deals and how to structure them is the current Stratmore blog, Mergers and Acquisitions, continue on. For the link to that story, visit robcrispin.com. In product news, the use of home equity lines of credit, or HELOC, and closed-end home equity loans, loans, has skyrocketed recently as consumers need liquidity but want to keep their low-rate first mortgage in place. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Sarah Nokel, CEO of Data and Analytics for Candor Technology, and Shane Osborne, Underwriting and Corporate Efficiency Director for Hallmark Mortgage. Sarah has spent the last 20 years delivering data and analytics solutions that transform clients' business models. She received a computer science degree from the University of California, Irvine, and began her data science career analyzing consumer credit. She then graduated to residential mortgage while working at Loan Performance, CoreLogic, and Digital Risk. In 2022, Sarah joined Candor full-time as the CEO of their new data and analytics business, where she is leveraging Candor's unique and proprietary data assets to deliver transformational products to the mortgage industry. Shane also has over 20 years of experience in the mortgage lending industry. For the majority of his tenure, Shane's focus has been in the underwriting aspect of the business, but currently he holds the position of Director of Corporate Efficiency and Underwriting at Hallmark Mortgage. His focus in the role is to take a deep dive into all aspects of the mortgage loan process to discover efficiencies through technology, process enhancements, and development of people. Sarah, I wanted to start with you and ask, with all the success from adopting new technology, I want to talk about a common worry, and that is that the technology replaces people and jobs. Can you explain how your organization views this truth or misconception? One of the things that we've seen our technology um, allow uh, companies to do is to repurpose their people. Um, So, And different companies will take different approaches and strategies to this. So we've seen some of our lenders um, allow their underwriters to become specialists in certain areas or be promoted to managers. Um, We've even seen them convert certain roles to... um, the candor subject matter expert on their team so that they have that person embedded in their organization who helps them be as successful as possible. Um, And I think, Shane, you probably have um, some firsthand experience around um, what you've done at Hallmark. Yes, we've definitely seen, and I will kind of agree with Sarah a little bit there, we've definitely seen kind of a hybrid of both. 
Um, obviously, when you bring in new technologies that can take over some of the widgets or tasks on a daily basis for human beings, you come to a crossroads where you have to decide, is it a reduction in force or is it being able to utilize those resources in other areas? And for us, it was definitely the latter of the two. Um, our underwriter's productivity is much higher than it was previously, for example, using the candor technology, simply because they've kind of become bulletproof in the sense that the credit package is really reviewed by candor thoroughly and is producing a much more solid quality product on the back end. So what did that mean for us? That meant that our underwriters are more productive. It means, means that we're able to handle the ebbs and flows with current staffing and not have to go through that vicious cycle that we go through of the ebbs and flows in this industry where you're hiring for production and then laying off and the production is gone. You're able to forecast and project much easier and be able to sustain the same amount of staff through all of those ebbs and flows by adding technology, tools, and resources that free up people to be able to plug in in other areas as well. And maybe I should back up here. Why is everyone using technology to refocus on quality control? Uh, Sarah, let's start with you and then, and then pass to Shane one more time. Uh, I think, um, I think what they've realized is that it's, it's too hard to get quality through humans alone. I mean, that's why our current quality process is humans checking humans, checking humans. Um, I, I often hear this story that if you take, um, the same set of loans and you send them to different, um, QC firms or TPR firms, you will get different opinions back on all the same loans. And that's because they're humans. Um, and so I think the search for consistency is one of the reasons technology is being adopted. I would love to hear Shane's perspective, though. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I personally have been in the underwriting realm of the mortgage business for almost 25 years. And you can put a loan in front of two underwriters and you will have a different output from each underwriter. A lot of that has to do with, A, the human eye in heavy volume production times they're moving too fast and they're missing things. The second piece of that is that the, what we like to call those feel-good situations where they don't like the way something looks, so they're going to ask additional questions. When you're using technology in those scenarios, it's very unbiased. It's the exact same output every single time. And what we've discovered with using the technology is, just as Sarah said, you don't have to worry about the different outputs coming from different people. You can have the same expectation and the same result every single time. And Shane, going back to you here, let's let's talk about this in a practical sense. What's been the most valuable outcome from investing in technology solutions to achieve your goals? Actually, it's been a, a couple of things that have really stood out is the cycle time and the manufacturing process of a mortgage loan, because you're not waiting on human beings to have time to do their touch or do their task for the day. It's automatic. It's done automatically. The documentation is reviewed automatically. Conditions are cleared automatically. And so therefore, there's no queues, there's no waiting period. So your reduction in cycle time has been huge. The second piece of it is, is that from a cost to originate, which is at an all-time high in our industry, it can be reduced because, again, you're not worrying about the ebbs and flows of hiring and firing. You're not worrying about the exorbitant amount of overtime that it takes when we go into a refinance boom, for instance, because you can run as many of these loans as you want through this technology and get oftentimes a, a more quality result. And therefore, your back end is also uh, a benefit because there's less time in warehouse lanes for correspondent lenders. There's less time going back and forth with the investors. And eventually, your cost to originate starts to get affected by multiple facets of using technology. 
And Sarah, can you share some specific examples of success you're seeing? And then Shane, I'd love to hear from you too on that. Uh, everything that Shane has said, we we see at many of our lenders. Um, Hallmark is not alone in what they've been able to achieve. Um, we hear stories such as investors calling and telling a lender or asking them, what have you been doing different lately because your loans are exceptionally clean? Um, we've, uh, in, in addition to the benefits at the back end, we've seen some of our lenders innovate at the front end and be able to do cash-like offers on a loan where they only had the credit report AUS and the um, application, but Candor was able to validate um, that this loan could be made. Um, I've even heard of some of our lenders not just giving um, a cashback guarantee on the closing date to the borrower, but they've been giving it to the seller. And if you think about the competition that's been going on lately with having so many bidders on the the properties that are available, if you're a seller um, and you have to decide between, I don't know, I've heard sometimes as many as 50 um, potential buyers bidding on your home. Um, wouldn't you like to know that if it falls out, somebody's going to compensate you for your trouble? So that's just the some of the innovation that we're seeing in our lenders. Shane? Yeah, definitely. A few of the things that we've experienced as a lender, um, one, the average cycle time has been reduced. Um, our typical cycle time for a purchase transaction, for instance, is 32 days. With utilizing the candor system and the efficiencies that it's created, we're now averaging about 20 days on any loan that is a candor loan. Additionally, at that point of sale, that borrower surety that the LO is able to take to the market and be able to market that this isn't just a pre-approval based on AUS and credit report. This borrower has been underwritten and really the only thing that's left for us to do is gather the third-party services, which include your appraisal and title. Um, We've seen a big lift for the originators in that area. And then, as I said, on the post-closing side, our average cycle time there is about eight days on a regular retail transaction. With a candor transaction, it's four days on average. So those are just a few of the things that we're seeing. It's also empowering more people throughout the origination process to be able to independently be able to make decisions because they have an insured decision for candor because candor does insure their decisions. So you're insured against losses. So it's empowering your processors to feel a little bit more confident in being able to look at a document, run that document, get that condition cleared, and then get that loan to the closing table much faster. Um, With that reduced cycle time, you're a winner in this market, especially right now, if you're able to call your realtor and your buyer and your seller and say, hey, we're done 10 days early, you want to close now? Um, you know, because it's it's rough out there. So any tool that you can give your salespeople in this market is huge. So there's there's multiple benefits that we've realized very quickly in using this technology. And this next question, I'm excited to get both the lender and the vendor perspective on. Let's start with the vendor and you, Sarah. As an industry, we're getting closer to digitizing and automating key parts of the mortgage process, particularly for approvals and underwriting. What are your organizational goals in this space? And then I want to I want to hear from Leonard and Shane and, and hear what your organizational goals in this space are as well. Well, we have a lot of goals and um, we're going to be expanding the scope of our loan engineering system as well as adding new products. Um, but I will say that everything we do, we have to maintain our level of quality. Um, you know, 
I like to tell this story about the way the company was founded. We we didn't set out to reduce costs and um, increase efficiency and reduce cycle times. That's not actually what we were trying to accomplish. Um, company's founders uh, worked in forensic audit after the meltdown, and they saw all of these um, bad loans go through, and they thought there has got to be a better way to make a loan. And so that's how the company was founded. And so everything that we do, we we keep that core value intact. So we're looking at adding um, some collateral features. We have just launched post-close QC. We're in the middle of a POC on uh, point of sale. But um, with all of those new ventures, um, oh, and we're also adding new loan products. Um, FHA will be coming out soon. So with all of those new ventures, we've got to maintain our quality. So that's really our underlying um, focus, no matter what. Um, but there's so many things we're adding um, that we'll be able to talk about and release soon. Jane? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I can kind of, what Sarah's saying, except for the fact that as a lender, in today's market, to stay competitive, you have to be able to provide, A, a good quality loan package to your investors to be able to get it sold, but also, too, you want to provide the most seamless and painless process for your buyer. One of the biggest complaints and, you know, at the digital mortgage conference recently we attended, one of the things that was talked about was the borrower constantly feeling like they're constantly having to provide something new. They're unsure what's going on with their loan. They're unsure where they stand. And with all of the technologies that are out there today, from simple nexus to blend to um, candor, you're able to keep the borrower informed. You're able to move the loan through the process faster. And you're able to have that day one certainty that kind of comes along with DU and LP, but now you have it as a, as a lender with your underwriting. You're able to have that day one certainty where you can say to that buyer, you qualify. We will not have any more questions. We have the documentation that we need. It's valid for the next 30, 60, 90 days, depending on what the document is. And they're getting notifications automatically directly to their cell phone. I mean, just 10 years ago, we didn't have any of these things. So the last decade has really brought the mortgage industry to the forefront as far as being able to modernize the process and make it a little bit easier, a little bit more efficient, but also more profitable for the mortgage lender. And I want to go back to you and, and close here. You talk about making it painless and seamless for the borrower. And you just went to this digital mortgage conference. What's your outlook for digital mortgage in the next few years? How, do, how does the industry as a whole progress from here? I think over the next three to five years, it's going to take the industry embracing the idea of trusting technology, because I'll tell you, and I'll be transparent with you, that was one of the things that we struggled with in adopting um, new technology is the trust. Um, most people want to touch, feel, and see it for themselves, and it takes them a while to build a level of trust. So I think us as a whole, as an industry, are going to have to start embracing more of the digital process even more. I mean, consumer lending is light years ahead of us in it. You can go online today and get a personal loan in probably five minutes and you're completely approved that everything's been reviewed thanks to modern technology and then being able to review your bank accounts and all of that information, access your payroll records. And we're finally starting to embrace that. And I think that as long as everyone in the industry continues to embrace it, keep an open mind and think outside of the box as far as being able to digitize your origination platform. I think three to five years from now, we are going to see even better advancements and even more opportunity to be able to shorten that time because purchasing a home is one of the most stressful things we as human beings will ever do. 
And you as a lender, being able to remove that stress level gives you a competitive advantage over your neighbors and being able to say to the buyer, we trust this 100%, but also being able to say to your employees, you can also trust this. So the biggest thing I think is going to be the trust of adapting to more of a digital mortgage process. Well said. Sarah, any any final thoughts on uh, the digital mortgage process in the next few years? I think Shane is right. One of the key parts of that is the, the change in mindset and the trusting technology. But I think that also puts an onus on vendors to make sure they can be trusted, uh, make sure they can deliver um, the things that they promise and um, that they can establish what the ROI is. Um, it's very normal for us as candor when we work with a, a new client, um, we guide them through the trust phase. And once they get through the trust phase, then things get fun because that's when we get to the exploitation. How can they use technology to their advantage in all kinds of creative ways? Um, so it's a process, but you need a good partner to go through it, I think. Well said. Uh, I want to thank you both for making the time and coming on today. Sarah and Shane, that was fantastic. And I uh, hope to have you both back soon. Thank you Thanks very much. Despite the recent hawkish rhetoric from central banks, investors are beginning to anticipate a pivot toward the end of central bank tightening. Markets in one country influence other markets, and U.S. bonds and mortgage-backed securities gained yesterday after Australia's central bank surprised markets with a smaller-than-expected increase in its interest rate. The softer move was due to a recognition that the cash rate has been increased substantially in a short period of time and a desire to assess the impact of prior rate hikes on the outlook for inflation and economic growth. That position stirred some speculation that the Fed may soon adopt a similar approach, though others are calling it another false dawn. The Bank of England on Monday only bought $22 million of British government bonds as part of its intervention to stabilize the market for UK gilts. Britain's central bank said it was ready to spend up to $5 billion a day to halt the collapse of UK government debt. And not that the Federal Reserve watches public opinion, but a Harris poll found that half of Americans want the Federal Reserve to bring inflation under control quickly even if it leads to a recession. Well, the other half wants to avoid a recession, even if that means letting inflation go higher. About two-thirds of those responding to the poll said they are concerned that companies may start scaling back their hiring or begin laying off current workers. Did you know that mortgage applications are in 1997 levels? Today's calendar began with MBA mortgage applications, which decreased 14.2% from one week earlier. Activity was expected to remain subdued, mortgage rates hitting decade-plus highs, and that lack of affordability weighing on purchase activity. We've also received ADP employment for September in at 208000 as expected, and the trade deficit for August, down $67.4 billion, suggesting that trade will contribute to growth. Later this morning brings the final September S&P Global Services PMI reading, ISM non-manufacturing PMI, and remarks from Atlanta Fed President Bostich. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse a quarter and the 10-year yielding 3.70 after closing yesterday at 3.62%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Ladies, if you can't appreciate your fruit jokes, you just need to let that mango. Mango? Mango? You got it. <laughs> Thanks again to Candor Technology, home of the one-touch underwrite, and supporting lenders from point of sale to post-close QC to reduce repurchase risk, increase underwriter productivity by 400%, and decrease turn times by 10 days.
If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.